the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today we're continuing in our series on struggle. For over a month now, we've been talking about struggle, and this series is very important to us because we all struggle, and we can learn a lot about God and ourselves through that struggle. Also, Courageous Christianity, the ministry, is focused on equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and that equipping would be incomplete if we did not talk about struggle. It'd be like Marines not being trained for combat, and obviously that makes no sense at all. So, with that in mind, in the last few weeks, we've been talking about struggle, and we've identified some very important elements in struggling well, by faith in Jesus Christ, and in a way that glorifies Him and helps to strengthen each of us and the community of believers as a whole. For example, Christy brought to light a critical point when she said, the way we struggle is shaped by our beliefs about struggle, our beliefs about God our beliefs about struggle in general, and our beliefs about struggles in particular. She said that many people believe the word struggle is a bad word and that the process of struggling is to be avoided, and yet we know that this isn't true because the Bible says very positive things about struggle and the value of struggle. For example, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So let me ask this. How do you view struggle? Honestly, let yourself be vulnerable and really think about how you view struggle. Do you believe that struggle is strengthening and refining? Do you believe God uses struggle for good? Do you believe that God is good and kind? 
Do you believe that your courageous struggle could help others? Do you see yourself as a warrior or a victim? Do you believe that you are worthy and capable of better or more? Or do you believe that you struggle and then you die? And I think these are very real questions, and our answers to these questions are tremendously important as we face life's many challenges. And I'll tell you something quite honestly. I think in many ways, I view struggle as I'm hoping that I just get through this one thing well, and then there won't be any more struggles and I'll have a break for a while. And I'm just trying to be honest. And I think that's a bad way to look at it because then what happens is another struggle follows right on the heels of the first one and you're you're thinking to yourself, oh, for the love, will this never be done? (laughs) But we know that there's more to be gleaned from that when we look through the lens of faith. So if you listened to the show last week, you heard an amazing story of courageous faith from our guest, Kelly Hall, as she went through these questions in her own life. Kelly's story arises from her struggle to raise four children, three of whom are profoundly deaf, and to do so as a military wife married to an Air Force fighter pilot. And uh, I have to tell you, it's an amazing and uplifting story. Kelly told us about the day she found out that her first child was profoundly deaf. She told us about how God arranged circumstances so that her husband was on an airplane headed home from Korea at that moment and how she met a lady whose child had big hearing aids, and it brought her into a conversation, and that lady was able to minister to her. She told us about all of the ways that God arranged circumstances and brought people into her life to help her in that struggle. And she told us about how her struggle led to her Bible study called Courageous Faith. And if you missed that show, it's available at kkht.com on courageouschristianity.today or on your favorite podcast app. So, last week, I think you could say that our show focused on the nature of struggle and why we struggle, and today, Kelly is back with us to talk to us as we spend more time in conversation about how we struggle. We'll dig into her Bible study a bit, and she'll share her seven keys to courageous faith, and I've spent the last two weeks going through her Bible study, and I love it. And it's truly an honor to have her back as our guest again today. Kelly, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. Well, we're uh, overjoyed to have you. And friends, as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mandelo. Well, and I'm so grateful for you and Kelly, for you being back, and just for all the people who have brought us to uh, this point here, the connections that have brought us to this conversation. I know it's going to be really powerful. So thank you. Absolutely. And folks, we always pray before the show. And we pray that for those out there who are in struggle, hearing our voices, uh, to know that they're not alone, that there is a way forward, that Jesus will walk them in that, and that there's a community of believers whose struggle has shaped them and has now positioned them to where they can uh, glorify God as they mentor and help and lead and guide and just uh, share. So uh, let us pray, and then we'll get on with our conversation. Lord God, each of us can declare that your hand is constantly at work in our lives and in the world. Open our eyes to see everything that you're up to, 
infuse our hearts with a fresh understanding of your intimate and personal love. We know that you care about every detail of our lives and your love speaks to our deepest needs. Give us a fresh glimpse of your glory, a new understanding of your faithfulness, a deeper grasp of your power and majesty. Help us understand that this power, glory, faithfulness, and love are available in abundance for each of us this very day. We refuse to ignore your divine work in our world, and instead we will develop a lifestyle of remembering and celebrating all that you are and all that you do in each of our lives. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. And friends, that is a prayer from Kelly's Bible study which I asked if we could all pray together because I want you to hear the heart of her Bible study, uh, her genuine concern. And Kelly, uh, as you heard me ask those questions of our listeners with regard to their beliefs around struggle, what came to your mind? Well, I love that James verse you shared. You know, it's such a hopeful perspective and completely opposite to what comes naturally to us. You know, we all struggle, but what if we understood that God was accomplishing something eternal in our lives along the way? Yeah. Kelly, Christy told a story a while back about uh, this teacher and the way she got the kids to behave nicely is she would hold her hand gently over their heads, just hovering it over the kids' heads, and then she would say to them, make another choice in their behavior. (laughs) And what I loved about that story is the image of getting uh, children to look up. And so Mm -hmm. when you're in struggle, when things aren't right, maybe you're behaving wrongly, whatever the case. If we can all just look up first and foremost to God, uh, I think that's uh, what we should do in prayer and just take a moment. And one of the images I get Mm -hmm. when I look back at the uh, so-called fabric of my life and the struggles that have been in that is that God's weaving this uh, amazing tapestry that we, we can't see the the picture, you know, if you envision a tapestry that's on a wall and you get up close and you can see the the fibers and the threads, but you can't necessarily, you have to get back, you know, further back to look at it, to see that beautiful picture. And, and Kelly, when you said that eternal perspective, that, that really brings it into focus. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, busy reading that book, uh, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. And he Mm -hmm. actually uses the image of, he talks about the tapestry, Mm -hmm. and he says, if you look at it from the back, it's just a bunch of threads and different uh, lengths and different twists, but then when you look from the front. And so we're not saying that God causes our struggle, and I don't believe that uh, struggles are brought to us to test us uh, or because we've done things wrong. I think that Mm -hmm. struggle happens in all of our lives. And then God is with us in that struggle. And as uh, we know, he will make all things work together for good. So uh, just to ask you, with those questions in mind, Kelly, what do you believe about struggle? You know, that reminds me of um, when just like, been listening to you in the opening of a, my dad's favorite verse. He died a few years ago. But his favorite verse was Romans eight eighteen. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that's going to be revealed in us. 
And so when I think about the hardships and the struggles and the disappointments that we walk through in this life, the Bible just makes it so clear that what God is doing is graciously and kindly rescuing our hearts. He says He came that we might have life and have it abundantly, and He rescues us from immaturity and selfishness and from even finding our security in this world, and He matures us into people who are able to rest securely in the rock-solid, unshakable truth of God's Word, because that's the only place where we're going to find peace and hope. That's beautiful and amazing, and you said something incredible where He allows struggle to help us not look for uh, strength in this world, to help us Mm -hmm. not put our stock in things that rust or can be eaten by moths or uh, our present circumstances. Uh, Friends, we're heading toward the end of this segment, and we are talking with uh, Kelly Hall about her amazing journey over the last number of years in uh, raising her family and uh, her children, who have, three of whom have uh, hearing impairment, and how her and her husband, an Air Force fighter pilot, have worked through this together, and the community that has been created around them by a loving God, and how he's walked with them at every step. And Kelly wrote a beautiful Bible study, and that Bible study has seven keys to courageous faith. And when we come back, we are going to talk with Kelly Hall about how that Bible study came to be. Please stay with us. Bedlam, confusion, and mayhem. Whatever happened to the picture I created in my Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's Wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281 800 That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to courageouschristianity.today. So text to donate to 281 281- Eight zero zero four nine four zero, or go to courageouschristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. I counted the streetlights as we headed up to the chapel to pay. Friends, welcome back. We're talking with Kelly Hall on Courageous Christianity, and she's telling us about her Bible study, which arose from the struggle that she has had. So, Kelly, Please tell us more about that. How did Courageous Faith, the Bible study, come into being? You know, this whole Bible study is actually an answer to a prayer that I prayed 30 years ago as a young mom. I was teaching Bible study. I was memorizing the Word, but I was a stressed-out mess, and I couldn't see myself stomping around my kitchen, slamming kitchen drawers, and just being mad. And I said to Jesus, I thought, 
follow you. There should be more peace and joy in my life, and I don't know what's wrong. (laughs) And immediately the Holy Spirit responded to that semblance of a prayer and brought to mind Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is such a familiar verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. But I am a very practical person. So I said to God, I don't even know what that looks like in the mundane, messy moments of my day. So God, if you teach me nothing else for the rest of my life, would you please teach me what it means to trust in you with all my heart and not in myself? So this Bible study is actually a deep dive into what it really means to practically live out this very familiar scripture. I love that word, practically. We we need those practical steps sometimes. Yeah, we were talking about that today on the way to the station about how uh, this world gets in the way. And just really quickly, I'm sure it's on our listeners' minds, remind us of the website where they could find the Bible study, please, before we get too far into this. Sure. So they can get it on Amazon, or they can find it on an old website, which is called gotcourage.org. Got courage, like G-O-T courage.org, and it's called Courageous Faith, Discover the Seven Keys to Living Courageously in Life's Adventures by Kelly Hall. And friends, it really is amazing. Kelly, on the back of your book, it says, As believers, we have the power of the almighty living God dwelling inside of us, the power to move mountains slave giants, and walk on water. And yet, in our everyday lives, we tiptoe cautiously around His promises, when we could be boldly and courageously standing on the Word and living the victorious life available to all His children. And what I hear in there is a commitment to power and strength, And then you have these things in the Bible study called power statements. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so what I, you know, there are so many wonderful promises in the Bible. Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. And so my mind would say to the Lord, you know, how can I wrap my mind around this? You are with me and for me. In all your wonder-working, water-walking, giant-slaying, death-defying, power and love at all times. Now, that fills me with courage, and it should change the way I live my life. I should be able to dismiss discouragement and step over my fear and place my trust in God. And so if I am going to trust in God, I have to know who He is. That's at the very foundation. And these seven keys are actually just seven choices that we make along the way that show us how to trust in God rather than ourselves. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I do think about that from time to time, how we have so much more power available to us than we realize. And I think about that uh, Ephesians uh, verse, which says we can do abundantly and exceedingly based Mm. on our faith in him. And so the more faith we have, the more power... uh, to which we have access. Well, I think sometimes mm-hmm. that's where I, I love the practical aspect of this because we, we have that faith and, and kind of in your, your what you said, Kelly, it's like, kind of like, well, okay, I have the faith, but why am I not doing this? 
And so yeah. I love the fact that you're breaking it down into practical things. I, I, as a coach, I talk a lot about our humanness. It kind of gets in the way, right? And we have these <laughs> ideas, but then we can be our own worst enemies and, and life gets in the way as well. And so when we have these steps that we can go to that really walk us to that, 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 that greater place we want to be, I love that. Yeah, the world does kind of conspire to make you feel very small, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It can. I think it's always important to say it can. It can make you feel very big. It can make you feel very small. It's how you look at it. But you know, I'm going to go back to beliefs and perspectives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and you're right about that because what's interesting is the world can make us feel small. Either everything in the Bible is true or it doesn't matter. The Bible doesn't matter. There's we no neutral know ground. There's no neutral ground. We know everything is true. So, for example, Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, this is Joshua. Moses handed the chosen people over to Joshua. He was God's chosen general to take the Jews into the promised land. And, uh, friends, if you read Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, do not be afraid, do not be frightened, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. And he says, uh, keep this book always on your lips, meditate on it day and night. And so, Kelly, what you're saying is so true. When we read these statements in it, uh, these scriptures about God's power available to us, it, it can be ours, he walks with us, we shouldn't feel small, we should feel huge. But uh, it's hard on a daily basis sometimes because mm-hmm. the world conspires, and so your uh, power statements and the seven keys kind of help us to work through those. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I talked to Christy about is a question that comes to our minds so often. How do I refuse to be controlled by my emotions when they're controlling me? And isn't that the struggle we feel so often? And I, and I, so I went to the Lord and just said, you know, I want a faith analogy that captures that struggle. It is so hard for me to step over my fear and my panic when I look at my circumstances and not be controlled by all of that. And, you know, pastors would sometimes share an analogy of, well, you're walking in faith, you're trusting in the Lord. It's like that chair over there. If you go sit in the chair, then you're exercising faith. But I thought that was so lame. And so I asked God for another <laughs> faith analogy. <laughs> I want one that captures the struggle, because this is a lot harder than going to sit in a dumb chair. And he brought to mind something Lee told me about flying F-16s. He said, you know, you're flying F-16s, and you're turning, and you're dogfighting, and you're upside down, and so you lose track of where you are in space, and your inner ear gets all confused. And he said there have been so many times when he felt like he was upside down, but he would look at the instruments, and they would tell him he was right side up. And it took every bit of his willpower to push aside what he was feeling and place his faith in what he knew to be true. And that's what it's like. That's the faith struggle that we walk in when we are trying to trust in God and not what we see and feel. Okay, that is brilliant and so true. (laughs) Uh, When you're dogfighting, you're dealing with these huge forces on you. So Mm -hmm. when you first get in the airplane, and friends, I've told you this before, you have a thing called an attitude gyro, and it shows you what's up and what's down. But when the airplane is depowered overnight, this attitude gyro will tumble. 
So it will lean and it'll go get upside down. I got in the airplane the other day and the it's got brown on the bottom and blue on the top and the brown was up and the blue was down and then you pull this knob and the gyros all spin and everything gets right and then whatever is happening just like Kelly was saying whatever you feel whatever you think about the situation you come in you look at that attitude gyro and it shows you exactly how you're oriented. And we've used it as a metaphor talking about faith because first thing in the morning when you wake up, you have to think about God and pray to God. And that's you getting your attitude gyro oriented correctly, blue side up, brown side down. I think about what you were talking about with um, Joshua earlier as he's, as he's leading these people and even though God's saying, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, you got to imagine he's probably was afraid, but let these words be on your lips. And so that's what I see in Kelly's seven keys and, and the power statements is these are the practical things that, uh, and, and also trust the process. I get upside down. My attitude gets out of adjustment, right? Right. And I'm nowhere to go. What does scripture say? And you say that a lot, Richard. Yeah. So uh, we're talking about the first statement, and it says this, I refuse to be overcome by my circumstances or controlled by my emotions. So Kelly's saying, first and foremost, the world leans on you, feelings lean on you, your own emotions can betray you, betray you your own perceptions can betray you. Stop and ask yourself in power, in strength, as a victor, where is my Lord right this second? Is that right, Kelly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And a question I will ask myself in times of turmoil is, what do I know that's true? And then I just begin to speak truth to myself, or I have someone else. If I am really under under the weight, I will just call my husband and say, tell me everything you know that's true, and he'll just mm. speak truth to my heart. That's awesome. That is brilliant, and that's a big thing that Christy comes with when she will say, what is real right now? Well, I feel totally Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. No, no, no. What is real? Well, Mm -hmm. I have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to fly a flight, and we have Bible study tonight, and I guess I'm just feeling overwhelmed. And then she'll help me work through it, and you're exactly right. You start with what is real, and you go from there. And friends, Mm -hmm. God is real, and He is a real companion, and He is really faithful. And so... That's the perfect place to start. Uh, Your second power statement, if we're going to start with God, and I love this one, it says, I refuse to pretend with God. Tell us quickly about that before we go into our break. Yeah, it's simply impossible to trust God's love and goodness if our heart is filled with doubts, fears, what ifs, and what abouts. And that's happened to me in the past, and God just showed me. We would say, why are you so worried? You know God loves you, and it would just bounce off of me. But when I got alone with God, I poured out my fears, then His love, it made space for His love and truth to touch my heart and change my life and fill me with courage. So beautiful. Well, it's not only beautiful uh, and perfect and correct, but it goes back to the what is real part. Because mm-hmm. it feeds into the, if you're not being honest with God, then anything can, you can make anything sound real. Uh, but then when you lay it at the foot of the cross and you trust him enough and you're honest with yourself 
and you say, what is real? Well, I'm not going to pretend. Lord, I'm scared. I'm in doubt right now. Help my unbelief. And we're going to talk about that again here shortly, folks. Stay with us. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mandelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are talking with Kelly Hall, a military wife and mother and faithful Christian who has written this beautiful Bible study called Courageous Faith, and we're deep into it, talking about the seven keys. And we talked about number one and two. Uh, Number one was, I refuse to be overcome by my circumstances or controlled by my emotions, and we chatted about that. And then number two is, I refuse to pretend with God, and we talked about how he can handle honesty, and it's only when we're honest with him that we can truly uh, get to a place of what is real and what is possible. And number three says, I refuse to be self-sufficient, trusting in my own plans and strength. And that addresses a question we all often have, where do I end and where does God begin? And the truth is, when we do everything through him and with him, uh, we don't end. And uh, he begins... uh, long before we were here. Uh, Number four, I refuse to walk in willful disobedience. This is real. You got to do it. Uh, Number five, I refuse to treat the word of God as an afterthought. We said that everything in the Bible is true uh, or it doesn't matter. And if it's true, then we have to treat it as true. And uh, 
with reverence and try to walk it out on a daily basis. A map is no good if you don't look at it. And number six says, I refuse to ignore God's work in my world. And that uh, has to do with remembering all of the things he's done for us. And number seven says, I refuse to be held captive by an earthly temporal perspective. And that's beautiful because we are heavenly beings just here for a little time. We're pilgrims. And our, uh, I would hate to exchange my heavenly citizenship for citizenship here on earth in this place of struggle. Agreed. And so, uh, Kelly, uh, talking about those keys, is it okay if uh, we have a favorite? Yeah, I think so. What's your favorite? I have, I, my favorite is uh, number six. I mean, the first one is absolutely key to every single one of these statements. But uh, number six is about refusing to ignore God's work in our world and instead choosing to practice a lifestyle of remembering and celebrating his many acts of faithfulness and love. And I have found this to be the most powerful faith-building, courage-enhancing activity. You could even call it a spiritual discipline if you want. But I can tell you there are so many times when, um, and we all go through this, when you're in a long waiting period. You know, the Bible talks about remember God, and the Israelites struggled when they were waiting on God to work. We struggle when we are waiting on God to work, and we're waiting to see His plans unfold. And so that's where we really need to take action. And remembering is an action that helps us look to the Lord. You know, even in my current journey, which I haven't mentioned yet, my girls are three girls. And uh, as we've mentioned, but all of them also have chronic Lyme disease. And I hadn't brought that up before. And one of my daughters just married, but one of my girls is so sick that she is unable to leave the house. And uh, my other daughter is walking out of this, and God is finally answering our prayers after so many years of praying for our girls. And so in those moments when I really struggle to believe that God is at work, I grab my journal, I write the words I remember at the top, and I just began to list all the ways God has moved and worked and spoken and verses He's highlighted, promises He's given me every single way that he has broken through and that I've seen his hand and his heart of goodness in this area. And I will write and write until I finally get to the point where I can say, God, today I believe you. Today I trust you. Today I declare with David that I know I'm going to see more of your goodness in our land. So I'm going to gather up my courage and I'm going to wait on you. That's so amazing. I love the fact that you've written, I remember at the top of the page. That's so powerful. Yeah, uh, well, it goes back to the holding the hand over the child's head and says, make, mm-hmm. it, make, make a new choice, because effectively what you're saying is, Lord, you've had your hand over my head in these mm-hmm. many ways mm-hmm. through all of these things. And if you did this yesterday and the day before and the day before, I can count on the fact that you'll yeah. do it tomorrow. Yeah, it's a choice to remember. It is well. a choice. Uh, and these these things are hard. These choices are hard to make, friends, because you're in extremis. You're in a place of struggle. I was once talking to somebody about the way they were responding in the airplane, and when something bad would happen, they'd get very stressed out, and they'd get very emotional, and they would make bad choices in the airplane while we're flying. And I would say to them, you have to take steps to calm yourself down, Maybe slide your seat back a little bit, count to 10, 
look at whatever's happening. I was training them, of course. I was instructing. And look at what's happening and then take a moment to uh, get sorted out. And so this is a brilliant way to do that because effectively you're worshiping God for what he's done in your life by all of your Mm -hmm. remembrance. There's something I have to bring about when Kelly was talking about getting real and um, going to God and and, um, believing him. She said she gets alone with him too. And I think that's a critical point because oftentimes when we are in that place of um, an overwhelming feeling, uh, we may go seek others' opinions. And um, But if we have that, again, practical step to go be alone, um, uh, quiet time in the morning and, and or your practice, Kelly, I remember dot, 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 and listing all those things that brings you back in, in connection with him but you're alone with him. I think that's so very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you think back on the bad advice that Job's friends gave him when Job was in that place of suffering, they said all kinds of things, and Job just kept referring to God and who God is and who God had been in his life. And you have a quote in uh, the Bible study which says this, Remembering God's power in my past gives me the courage to believe his power in my present. Mm. And that that is amazing because uh, he has done it in the past and he will do it in the future. Um, Nobody asked me this, but if you asked me my favorite, it would be, I refuse to pretend with God. Uh, Mm. I asked a question of a group of men, uh, what is it that they need to lay at the foot of the cross? And it's this big texting group that we have. And... I made note of the fact that only one responded of about 10, uh, 10 guys, only one responded. And I think it's a very mm-hmm. natural and normal aversion that we have to bearing our souls and that vulnerability. So if anybody wants to know, my favorite is I refuse to pretend with God. I want to know. Okay. I'm sure the listeners do too. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so key, right? So important. So, uh, This is a very strong uh, opportunity that we have in our own lives with God's help to intercede in these struggles, to intercede on our own behalves, to call God into the situation, and to look in truth at where we are and uh, where he will take us. Uh, He is faithful and he walks with us. And so another quote that you say as we talk about the power uh, is, courage is the force that drives our faith into action. And I bring that up because you said earlier, it's a choice. And it's, in Mm -hmm. fact, a courageous choice. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, we all know this is true. Courage is never accidental. We have to intentionally Put our mind on the Lord. That's where our courage comes from. It's not from ourselves. We're not talking about self-sufficiency here. We're not talking about just getting over it. We are talking about putting our focus on the Lord because that's where our courage comes from. When we know God is with us and for us and all of his death-defying power and love at all times, then we can move forward and believe that he is going to help us that we're not alone, and He is going to provide exactly what we need in this moment of need. And He tells us that in Hebrews 4, I think 16, He will give us grace to help the moment we need it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
we know where our help comes from. He doesn't mm-hmm. cause all of these things. Things happen. But we know where our help comes from, and it comes from him. So uh, I'm not real big on those plays on words or, you know, the whole there's no I in team thing. And uh, But when I read uh, action in one of your statements, you talk about action, and I, I thought to myself uh, when James said, faith without works is dead. So all of this must eventually express itself in action. Uh, choices mm-hmm. that we make are an action. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking that action is actually made up of three words, and I don't know if I invented this, in which case uh, this would be my first like invention of a, a, a silly thing, but <laughs> action. It's, I, I look at it, it says, act I on. And I like to say it that way because when you put it, act I on, it's a question. Am I going to yeah. act on this or not? And so uh, as, we, uh, as we get real, as we bring ourselves to God, and as we consider his truths and we remember him in our lives, past and then present, do we have the courage to act? Will I act on this? When you told mm-hmm. me about that the other day, I also heard it um, as act I on, what is my eye on? act with my eye on God. So to me, it's like it could even go further from the, the action and it requires, what are you going to be acting on? But what is your eye going to be on? Wow. Act with an eye on God. Yeah. But act, but act with act, but act with an eye on God. And courageously in the truth. Absolutely. With his hand hovering above your head as you remember his love and his faithfulness and his kindness in whatever challenge you face. Uh, And folks, there's not enough time to go through all of the different things that we face. Um, But uh, when we come back in the fourth segment, I'm going to tell you this beautiful thing that I read yesterday in this book that I'm listening to by Rabbi Kushner, (laughs) When Good Things Happen to Bad People. Stay with us. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are talking with Kelly Hall, who's written a beautiful Bible study called Courageous Faith. Discover the seven keys to living courageously in life's adventures. And 
Uh, on last week's show, Kelly was with us, and we talked about why she calls struggle an adventure. And if you missed that, it's available to you at kkht.com on courageouschristianity.today or on your favorite podcast app. And Kelly's Bible study is available on gotcourage.org. So that's G-O-T, courage.org, kind of like got milk. And we're going through her seven keys to courageous faith. And uh, Kelly, we said that uh, you loved uh, number six, uh, that you want to remember God's work in all of your uh, struggles. And you say, as a power statement, I refuse to ex- uh, ignore God's work in my world. He's been faithful in the past. He'll be faithful in the future and the present. And do you have another favorite one? Yeah, I love number three. I refuse to be self-sufficient, trusting in my own plans and strength. Instead, I choose to be dependent on the Lord, because we are all self-sufficient creatures, as you mentioned before. And one of my favorite stories, which always makes me chuckle, is the story where Jesus is sleeping in the boat, and the huge storm comes up. And I love that God puts the these disciples in a place that was so familiar to them. They were fishermen. They'd been in storms before. They knew what to do. And so all of the passages that talk about this story say the boat began to be swamped. So you see a passage of time. The boat, the storm is going. The boat is filling with water. The disciples are doing whatever fishermen do in situations like that, bucketing, using buckets to get it out of the boat or whatever they did. But you can see a passage of time, and then finally, when they are absolutely desperate for rescue and they're about to drown, they wake up Jesus and say, don't you even care? And then he stills the storm in just a moment, and the disciples are absolutely amazed and awed, and they ask themselves, who in the world is this? This is a God who is in control of everything. And it just reminds me how that is so much like us. You know, we always we allow God to be our last call, and He wants to be our first call, not our last resort. And so it's just a reminder of me to call on Him first and to allow His voice to be the loudest voice in my life, not my plans, not my thoughts, but to allow His voice to be louder than anything else. Yeah, I've heard pastors say before, you know, people will talk about is like, all there's left to do is pray. And it's like, that should be the first thing that you're doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's a thing in the Marine Corps uh, we talk about called flash to bang. From the time you fire an artillery round till the time it impacts is the flash to bang. And we kind of use it to describe something happens and then the results of that something. So the flash to bang. Mm-hmm. And in responding to situations, friends, in responding to uh, unforeseen circumstances, One way to lengthen the flash to bang, the time between the provocation, the trigger, the thing that happens to you, and your reaction to that thing, one way to lengthen that is to immediately turn to God. Not in the end, not with prayers after you've run out of yourself, but immediately as you build in some reaction time and you make a choice about how you want to behave— You kind of sort of give a little more room and you say, maybe you just say something quickly. Uh, Jesus, have mercy. Uh, Lord, be with me now. Lord, help me to do the right thing. 
and then you uh, find your way back to him in that thinking coming from a powerful place as a child of the living God. So, Kelly, I love that story. I love the way you say began to uh, take on water, began to get swamped as we begin to get overwhelmed uh, and it's a process. Yeah, and we're talking about the practicality of it all. So, Kelly, I'm wondering about in that moment, uh, you know, the fishermen are going to the buckets, whereas if you apply it to what I was saying, we need to be praying. What would you tell listeners to do in that moment where their tendency is to be self-sufficient? What would you suggest? Yeah, well, I like Richard's, Richard's prayer, you know, help me. It can just be so simple, so very simple. But one of the things that has really helped me is I know my triggers. I know the situations that are going to cause me to doubt God. I know what a situation looks like. And so I have actually imagined myself, you know, what if this happens? What if I hear this bit of news? The Bible says that I should have no fear of bad news, that I should be steadfast, trusting in the Lord. So I, I, I imagine myself in certain situations that I know I'm going to face. Like, I'm not talking about making up things. I'm talking about, like, doing homework with my kids with special needs when they were younger, and I would get so frustrated and just feel like God had abandoned us. And um, just I would relive that situation in my mind. And I would remember that God was with me. I would imagine his power working in that place. And I would place my trust in the Almighty God who's big enough to part the Red Sea. He can certainly part the issues that we're having in homework. I love that. Um, Lee would be very happy because Mike's giving me fighter pilot signals over here. I taught him how fighter pilots count with their hands. (laughs) And he just, yeah, he he just did it. Mike, that's awesome. Um, (laughs) Uh, I just love this conversation because it's real, and what you've just touched on is a thing called an immediate action drill, and we've talked about it on the show before, how uh, infantry uh, practices, uh, okay, if we're in this formation, we're in a column, we're walking straight ahead, and we get engaged by the enemy from 3 o'clock, the right and we're going to react like this, and you're going to pivot, and you're going to set up a base of fire, and we're going to advance. And and what you're saying is rehearsing immediate action drills, knowing your triggers, having the self-awareness, putting yourself in that situation, and then practicing calling on God. And by the way, if you do it in the light, it'll be much easier to do in the darkness of struggle. So, mm-hmm. Kelly, final thoughts. I love the way you described that. Wow, that is so true. I, I'm so excited when I talk about this. Whenever I talk about these choices and I talk about the power of God to change our lives, to change the way we respond to trouble, to hardship, to overwhelming, and I'm talking overwhelming, heartbreaking situations. It's so encouraging to my heart just to be reminded how good and kind and big and attentive and for us, our God actually is. Amen. Mm. Friends, that is the absolute truth, and it brings us to our moment of truth perfectly. We couldn't ask for more. And our moment of truth today comes from Psalm 62, verse 8, and it says, Trust in him at all times, O people, Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. And a refuge is a safe place, and it's a strong place where you will find protection. 
And this verse speaks to the second key to courageous faith, which Kelly has identified for us, and it is, I refuse to pretend with God. Pour out your hearts to him, friends. He's a big God, and he will be there for you. We have a saying in the Marine Corps. We say past behavior is the best indicator of future performance. And this is one of the reasons seniors complete fitness reports on their subordinates. They indicate to the Marine Corps the future potential of the Marine based on his past performance. And this is also one of the reasons why employers want to see a resume and why employers write performance evaluation, because your past behavior tells them about your future potential. Well, number six, we're thinking about God's past behavior as you remember him. And if you remember him in his creations, his meticulous power and attention to detail, and in his preparations in your own life as he has brought you to this place where you now know Jesus and you're seeking him and you're seeking to walk in his footsteps each day through struggle. And when you think about times when he answered prayers and times when he refused to answer prayers, and if you remember his faithfulness and his kindness and his forgiveness, it will help you walk through the daily challenges of this difficult life. He is a trustworthy and God, and through all of your struggles, he is working for good. And that past behavior that he has shown and which he writes about in the Bible, in his inspired word, tells us who he is in the future. So friends, as you've heard me say many times, one of the first words of Jesus' ministry was repent. You have to bring it all to the foot of the cross. Bring everything to him, the good and the bad. You must refuse to pretend with God, as Kelly says. You must let down your earthly guards and open your heart in true vulnerability if Jesus is to enter and take up residence. And this is one of the purposes of struggle, to bring you to the end of yourself so that you can open yourself to God. Anything else truly is just playing church. So our quote of the day Uh, is also from Kelly, and in her Bible study, she says this, and I think it's amazing. God wants us to be real with him so he can be real in us. And that is just so awesome and so powerful and so true. He is a faithful God, and when we open ourselves to him, all of his power is available to us in the struggles of our lives. And that's courageous Christianity. Kelly, thank you so much for being back Mm -hmm. with us again this week. Thank you so much. It was fun. And Kelly, thank you for, uh, again, your courage and just sharing your story and your faithful heart. And I know, again, our listeners are going to be so blessed. Amen. Mm, Thank you. Friends, you can find Kelly's devotional at gotcourage.org. And we are going to talk to Kelly and ask her if there is a way to partner our ministries because we just love her the voice that she brings to this discussion. And thank you so much for joining Christy and me today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM KKHT, The Word at kkht.com or on courageouschristianity.today or on your favorite podcast app where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.